Welcome to Monday Musings on the Elliot Resnick Show. Guess who said the following? Woman's political job is to, quote, inspire in her home a vision of the meaning of life and freedom, to help her husband find values that will give purpose to his specialized daily chores, to teach her children the uniqueness of each individual human being. This assignment for you, as wives and mothers, you can do in the living room with a baby in your lap, or in the kitchen with a can opener in your hand. If you're clever, maybe you can even practice your saving arts on that unsuspecting man while he's watching television. I think there is much you can do about our crisis in the humble role of housewife. I could wish you no better vocation than that. Well, if not for the reference to a man watching television, you might think that a great rabbi, a Rosh Hashiva perhaps, made that comment. Actually, that comment comes from Adlai Stevenson, the Democratic candidate for president in the 1950s, twice against Eisenhower, and the darling of the liberal intelligentsia. Can you imagine any politician uttering those words nowadays, talking of a woman's main role being that of wife and mother? He would be lynched by the media. He would be absolutely lynched. In any event, I came across these comments in The Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan, which is probably the most famous feminist book ever written, published in 1963, and which I read recently for my classic book a week project, which you can learn more about in the episode description. I have a link to that project. Now, the feminine mystique, of course, argues for women not just being wives and mothers. And yet, this book actually provides a window into a much more traditional time in American society, a time that I really was not fully aware of at all. For example, did you know that half of women in America in the 1950s got married before age 20, and fully 70% got married before age 24? Did you know that by the end of the 1950s, the U.S. birth rate was, quote, overtaking India's? Did you know that according to Betty Friedan, career woman was actually a derogatory term in the 1950s? Now, I'm not saying Friedan was wrong about everything and that no woman should ever do anything other than be a good wife and a good mother. Some women, perhaps even many women, need an additional outlet for their talents. I get it. I'm not necessarily arguing against it. But it's honestly really fascinating to read a book that contains so many defenses of women being great mothers and wives. You don't even really hear such defenses in from society anymore, let alone in general society. Now again, Friedan's only quoting these because she wants to argue against them or to dismiss them as incorrect. Nonetheless, it was honestly a bit of fresh air to read so many defenses of women playing their traditional role. Here's a comment from Queen Victoria in 1870. She wrote, or some official wrote in her name, The Queen is most anxious to enlist everyone who can speak or write to join in checking this mad, wicked folly of women's rights, with all its attendant horrors on which her poor, feeble sex is bent, forgetting every sense of womanly feeling and propriety. It is a subject which makes the Queen so furious that she cannot contain herself. God created men and women different. Then let them remain each in their own position. End quote. And then there's this passage from a 1942 book called Marriage for Moderns, which many young women actually read as part of their college education. The sexes are complementary. It is the works of my watch that move the hands and enable me to tell time. Are the works, therefore, more important than the case? Neither is superior, neither inferior. Each must be judged in terms of its own functions. Together they form a functioning unit. So it is with men and women. Together they form a functioning unit. Either alone is in a sense incomplete. They are complementary. 
When men and women engage in the same occupations or perform common functions, the complementary relationship may break down. Friedan also quotes the following passage from Newsweek magazine in 1960. A young mother with a beautiful family, charm, talent, and brains is apt to dismiss her role apologetically. What do I do, you hear her say? Why nothing, I'm just a housewife. A good education, it seems, has given this paragon among women an understanding of the value of everything except her own worth. What a different era we live in. Imagine Newsweek magazine or any mainstream publication defending a woman being a housewife. It's almost unimaginable. And this book is only 60 years old. Just 60 years ago, instead of mainstream publications and and experts recommending to women that they have careers and get married late and not have so many children, all the experts in the 1950s, all the mainstream media, were recommending that women get married young, have lots of kids, and do not get careers. Let me conclude with two observations. Number one, Friedan writes, with or without education, women are likely to fulfill their biological role and experience motherhood. Okay, she was wrong about that. Maybe in the 1960s, you could take it for granted that all women will get married and will be mothers, or virtually all women will. That is no longer the case. Many women, influenced by Betty Friedan, because this book actually launched the modern feminist movement, many young women today actually have trouble getting married and have trouble being mothers, because by the time they're finished pursuing their career, they're 35 or 40, and all of a sudden, yikes, it's not so easy to get married anymore and have children. That's number one. Number two, Alexis de Tocqueville writes in his Democracy in America, which is another book I read for my classic book, A Week Project. I believe this is in 1840. I shall not hesitate to say it. Although in the United States, the woman scarcely leaves the domestic circle and is, in certain respects, very dependent within it, nowhere does her position seem higher to me. And now that I approach the end of this book, where I have shown so many considerable things done by Americans, if one asked me, to what do I think one must principally attribute the singular prosperity and growing force of this people, I would answer that it is to the superiority of its women. And then he writes much earlier in the same book, Religion is often unable to restrain man from the numberless temptations which chance offers, nor can it check that passion for gain which everything contributes to arouse but its influence over the mind of woman is supreme, and women are the protectors of morals, end quote. So, if women are the protectors of morals, and they are, since no nonviolent man can misbehave with a woman without her consent, and if women are responsible for a nation's greatness, as de Tocqueville suggests in the case of 19th century America, and if behind every great man is a great woman, which presumably wouldn't be a cliché if it weren't true, and if mothers far more than fathers shape the character and beliefs of their children, well, then women really don't have it that bad at all. Quite the contrary.